welcome to With a Side of Crime. I am your host, Caitlin Darby. If this is your first time being here, thank you for being here. Thank you for stopping in and listening. And if you are a repeat listener, thank you for coming back and supporting the show. This week's show is about a case that has been unsolved for decades. And it's not just a little girl who went missing. It was actually her mother and all her siblings, pretty much an entire family that went missing. This is the case of Shakita Michelle Brown. Shakita Michelle Brown went missing from Port St. Lucie, Florida in July of 1985. Actually, Shakita's mother and all of her siblings vanished without a trace and haven't been seen for 37 years. James Michael Brown, who was 35, and Carolyn Brown, who was 27, were teachers and parents to 10-year-old Shakita, 6-year-old Barry, and 2-year-old Brandon Brown. Carolyn's mother last spoke with her on the 4th of July of 1985, but she didn't hear from her daughter for weeks after that. In August of that year, after not being able to contact her family, Carolyn reported them missing to the authorities. Carolyn's mother, Rosa, lived five hours away from the Brown family in Tallahassee, Florida. She spoke with her daughter at least once a week, and then those calls stopped happening out of the blue. Authorities determined that based on that information, that the family went missing sometime in mid-July. When the police arrived at the Brown residence, they found a puzzling scene. It looked like they had all just been plucked out of their lives while they were still living them. Like they just dropped everything they were doing and disappeared. There was food on the stove and on the dining room table. It didn't look like any clothes had been packed and it didn't look like there were any clothes missing. One of the rooms had been painted during the time and Carolyn's purse was found with her ID cut into pieces. There were no signs of a struggle inside the home. In the beginning, police weren't really treating the disappearance as a missing persons case. They didn't believe there was foul play. That changed shortly after the school year began and neither James nor Carolyn went back to work. In 1984, James had been suspended from his position at Lincoln Park Middle School after pleading no contest to beating Shakita with a leather strap, but he was expected to return to that position when the school year began. James eventually began to make calls to friends and relatives. He allegedly called Carolyn's sister to let her know that if she wanted, she could take everything from the family's home, which was strange. The sister asked where the rest of the family was, and James vaguely answered, they're out there. James also called a friend of his and claimed that he was working a job overseas and had his two sons with him. He never gave a clear answer as to where Carolyn and Shakita were. One of the family cars was tracked down to an auto repair shop, but the other one was never found. While searching the home, police also found areas that had been painted over to cover up blood spatter. Some weeks after the family went missing, James was admitted to a hospital in Savannah, Georgia. Except he wasn't James, at least according to him. He admitted himself under the name Demetrius Jones after suffering a gunshot wound to the head. He eventually revealed his identity after admitting to killing his entire family and then trying to kill himself. James went into detail about how he committed the murder of his whole family. Carolyn was asleep with two-year-old Brandon next to her. He shot Carolyn and smothered Brandon with a pillow. 
This occurred on July 14th. He supposedly traveled an hour away from Port St. Lucie to Palm Beach County to get rid of their bodies. As for Shakita and Barry, James drove them about four hours away to Brunswick, Georgia on July 17th and then killed them along I-95. He admitted to shooting Shakita in the face and Barry in the head. James was charged and tried for the murder of Carolyn and Shakita in 1985, but in the end, he was acquitted due to reasons of insanity after he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. He reportedly suffered from hallucinations and having visions as well as hearing voices that weren't there. He wasn't charged with the death of his sons, but he was put in a mental facility before transitioning to a halfway house in 1996. A year after that, James was back into society. He didn't stay out of trouble though, cause in 2005, he was jailed again for a robbery in which he threatened the life of a bank teller. Investigators hunted through the areas where James claimed he dumped the bodies of his family, but there was no evidence or no remains that were ever found. And the entire family, aside from James, remains missing persons. At the time of her disappearance, Shakita was four foot six and weighed 65 pounds. She wore glasses, and at the time that this is released, she would be 47 years old. Carolyn was five foot six. She weighed 180 pounds and also wore glasses. She would be 64. They both had dark brown-black hair and brown eyes. Due to the question of James's sanity, we're not really sure if he actually did commit these murders or what really happened to the rest of the family. But anyone with information about this case is urged to contact the Florida Department of Law Enforcement at 888-356-4774, the Port St. Lucie Police Department at 772-871-5001, or just their local authorities. The case number is 850-8339. And sadly, that is all the information I was able to find about Shakita and the rest of her family. Not only because this case happened quite a while ago, but also because cases like this, like this meaning black women, girls, women of color, indigenous women, their cases often go very much unnoticed by the media, making it very difficult to find, report on, or even tell the stories of these people. So thank you again for listening, because this is something that is important And hopefully through podcasts like this that focus on those marginalized groups, families will be able to find closure one day. And also hopefully through podcasts like this and blogs like The Charlie Project, the media will start to pay more attention to these groups of people who have gone missing and have just been discarded by society so that they can get the attention they deserve and shine some light on their cases. Again, I'm your host, Caitlin. I'm ever so graciously thankful to you for listening and being here with me. And I'll see you next time.